You're listening to Kraken Fancast. The podcast for Seattle Kraken fans. By Seattle Kraken fans. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Kraken Fancast. I'm your host, Chris Porter. I'm here with my colleagues, Jim Cockrell and Nathan Gunderson, for some Seattle Kraken hockey talk. But not just the average hockey talk, man. We've got some... A lot of really special talk coming up uh, about the incredible experience we all had just the other day. And we'll talk about that in just a moment. But first, we want to say big thanks to our sponsor, the Angry Beaver, Seattle's number one hockey theme bar located in the Greenwood neighborhood of Seattle. If you're not going to the Kraken game, make sure you catch the game at the Angry Beaver. So as I just alluded to a moment ago, what I, I don't know what else I can say, but we are all coming off an incredible high. In fact, we're still in that glow of what we just experienced. The high of attending one of the greatest sporting events in Seattle sports history. Yeah, okay, maybe I'm, some would say I'm being overdramatic saying that, but I don't care. I truly feel that way. What a unique thing it was. What an incredible thing for hockey in the Northwest, the Seattle Kraken, just in just incredible. It was an e- a regular season game, quote unquote, but an incredibly unique one that was on top of being a unique in- experience. It was well played by our beloved team. I'm, of course, talking about the recent NHL Winter Classic, a wonderful annual hockey event that happens every January 1st. Uh, they've had about 15 of them, and uh, this was the first one to ever happen in Seattle. So Seattle got this, got to be the host in year three of their existence. It was an epic game, an epic experience for a bunch of reasons that we will get into in a moment. But to start, we actually do have another game to talk about. There are two games since our last episode, and there was one that was, you know, that happened right before this uh, that, that I think is notable and we need, need to talk a little bit about because you're a Seattle Kraken, folks. They're on a nine-game point streak, five wins in a row. 7-0-2 in the last nine games, and one of those games was what was their last game of the 2023 year uh, for the Kraken. It was December 29th, a little bit before the Winter Classic. Kraken took on the Philadelphia Flyers, who were certainly an improved team from last year. Uh, John Tortorella and company, uh, tough, gritty team, the tenacious uh, they're they're definitely a Eastern Conference playoff team uh, who were on a road trip, uh, played Vancouver the, the night before and uh, came over to Seattle. Um, and uh, but, uh, you know, Kraken were ready for them. It was a, it was a tight game. Kraken won two to one in regulation. Uh, so we we'll want to briefly talk about this one, even though we want to really get into all the Vancouver, excuse me, all the winter classic talk in a second here. But. Looking at this Philly game, uh, started off uh, a little awkwardly. Um, Travis Konechny of the Philadelphia Flyers uh, scored in just a handful of minutes, uh, like 16-21 of the first period. And uh, other than that, um, Mr. Joey Decord may have had another shutout. uh, Otherwise, a little fluky goal that Jim saw and we'll talk about in a sec. But, uh, you know, after a scoreless second period, uh, Vince Dunn, Came in. I sorry. I said it was it was not Overton regulation. No, excuse me. It's two to one in overtime. Sorry, I misspoke. The other game that we're about to talk about was in regulation. Sorry, this was overtime. Uh, Vince Dunn tying it up uh, in the third uh, at five forty-five uh, with a nice slap shot. Uh, Bjorkstrand and Winberg on the assists on that one, and then Justin Schultz 
Not not a guy who's getting a lot of goals this year. This was only his third, but he came through at uh, 235 in overtime, uh, along with uh, another Bjorkstrand assist and Yanni Gordon, that play as well. And the Kraken win in overtime, two to one against a tough Flyers team. Uh, shots on goal were pretty even, 29 to 28 in favor of the Kraken. Uh, faceoffs, the uh, Kraken were a little more strong in. They had a, you know, got a power play goal. Um, yeah, that was uh, that was Vincent Dunn's. Um, and then everything else was, uh, you know, a little back and forth. A lot of blocked shots. Again, you know, Flyers very good on the D. Uh, but uh, Kraken came through. Uh, what did you think of that game, Jim? You were there, right? Yes, I was. Um, I try to grab Philly tickets every time. Uh, it's one of those battles, classic battles that I like to watch because I'm not a Flyers fan, so I like to see them go down. Um, that was a weird game, you know, low scoring at the, in the end tailgame there, but man, I witnessed Torts hockey, you know, in full bloom that game. He, the flyers, all three zones were as good as I've seen all year, uh, from any team in town. It, their four check was solid. Their D neutral zone was stop. Uh, their, their ozone work was great. It, I was surprised we escaped that game really. And, you know, they obviously outshot us, and that was the killer. Second period, we did come back and outshoot them. But I saw a lot of struggles in that game from our decor. All three of all three lines down um, were just struggling. There was a lot of unforced errors, a lot of just silly stuff. We couldn't do a breakout worth anything. We were doing long outlets. We're just like, wow, what are you doing, man? Uh, it was just very frustrating, and... Towards the end there, though, you know, it when it counted and who had who had um, <clears throat> Schultz on their freaking bingo card as the OT, you know, it's like, what the heck? Um, but that was a beauty setup play on three on three. Um, and there was also that weird uh, Tatar delay a game with the touching the puck when he's sitting on the boards. That was kind of dumb. Remember, remember that? Uh, do you see that one? I heard. Um, yeah, I, I did see. I had to miss mo much of this game, unfortunately. But I, 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 yeah, I did. I did see that as as a low, light, not a highlight, a low light. And what yeah, was what was what was that all about? He was just it, lapsing I don't know. judgment. Was he trying to make a play? Like what was Shit. up? With that? I don't know. It was so weird. I mean, instantly in house in the game, you could go like, "What's going on there?" And you know, a lot of people. It's harder to pay attention at the game to something like that versus actually watching it on TV. And I watched it again when I got home. But he was just like sitting on the boards like he was ready to take a change, right? You know, and it's almost as if he was expecting a whistle or something, just laid his stick down there to touch it because he had to have known as soon as he touched it, he was toast. Anyway, it's just bizarre. Um, like I said, that game, it, we were getting out coached for sure. And I just kind of surprised we pulled through, but we did. And once again, you know, Joey, take away that garbage goal of Connecties and – that was a weird breakdown play and we had him foiled at the corner of the net. Um, Yamamoto did, but just the way Travis connected, threw it back out front and it came and it hit, you know, um, Dunner right on the ankle and boom, boom, right in the net. It's like, Oh boy. I mean, he would have had a, a shutout that game probably if that didn't happen. Cause he was playing that solid. He had a nine sixty four, and you know, like you mentioned earlier, Bjorkstan had a really nice game as well. So yeah, wrapping that up, that was, we got out of that one good and we continued the point streak. Found a way to win, not finding yeah. a way to lose. And right. seeing the team lately after that 
you know, eight game losing streak, God, the uh, the roller coaster of uh, Kraken uh, season so far. Well, luckily we're we're on an upswing. So yeah, well, good good report on that game, and that was a you know that was great. That that kept, that kept them uh, you know maybe warmed up. Maybe maybe some of the lapses were were a good thing because it it kept them maybe a little more sharp for the upcoming game. So the upcoming game is I've been giddily talking about the NHL Winter Classic. Yeah, there was a game to play. There was all this other stuff around it, which we'll get to in a sec. In fact, we'll talk a little bit about that, uh, the experience, a little bit before we get into the nitty-gritty of the game. But Kraken taking on the Vegas Golden Knights, the Stanley Cup defending champs, who uh, just seem to have their way with Seattle most of the time. And uh, and they great team. They did not have Aiden Hill, their starting goalie. He's out, but uh, uh, Logan Thompson was was in. But they're a very formidable team. That's that's got a great uh, great record so far in the season. You're not going to necessarily expect uh, you know the Kraken to roll over them, but they kind of did. One goal per game, one goal per uh, period. Kraken win three to nothing over the Vegas Golden Knights. Joey Decord, Joey, Joey, Joey. He's got those chants from Coachella are moved up to Seattle. Joey, Joey, Joey Decord with the shutout, the first shutout in Winter Classic history. They're 15 games, and uh, that was amazing. Joey gets the MVP. Big long interview with uh, with the the whole uh, uh, TNT crew, and uh, I, which I haven't I had a chance to watch all of it yet. I take take the game, so I want to watch some of that. But man, I so happy for the guy. I've I've not made it a, a, a secret that I've I've been a fan of this kid, even though my expectations I, I wasn't necessarily seeing this, but him being a starter with this team. But man, he's just come through so great. So we're gonna get into a lot of that in the in, in a little more of the detail, but. The whole thing with the NHL Winter Classic, I mean, I trust most people listening to us, you at least watch it on TV. I know a lot of you were there at the game, but so much, it's almost a little bit like, I mean, it doesn't run as many days, but it's there's a little bit of a similar vibe, arguably, that, you, that Seattle saw with the Major League Baseball All-Star game. There's a lot of stuff going around, pre-game things, post-game things. And then just seeing a hockey game in a baseball stadium, that that's different. You don't see that every day. So, uh, guys, talk, talk a little bit about, you know, if all three of us were there, you know, about the fan experience. And, uh, Nathan, why don't we start with you? Um, you know, we, we got to hang with you. We got some, got some photos together and we got, got to hang a bit, uh, you know, pre and post game. Uh what did you think? And, you know, tell us a little bit about, you know, your whole experience getting there and, 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 and enjoying the whole, the whole experience. Well, uh, the night before I was kind of finding myself having a hard time sleeping. Just, you know, I was really excited I'm laying there and I'm thinking to myself, boy, the players that actually have to play the game tomorrow are probably already asleep. Here it is one o'clock in the morning and I'm just laying here, eyes wide open get my coffee, get in the truck, go pick up my best friend, Jason, and head up there. And from the moment you get there, you see just lines of people making their way, funneling in from all over, whether they took the train, walked, drove, whatever the case may be. But to see all of the decoration, all the different banners and everything like that just made it really, really cool. You can tell that they put a lot of time and effort into the presentation of just getting in 
that was that was really something special. And then as soon as you walk in there and you see that rink out there on the old ballpark, it's it's definitely a different feeling. It's it's it was cool though. They had lots of great decorations and they had that ship out in center field and the docks was a really nice touch for the players to walk out to. It was great seeing you guys, great seeing that hockey game. We got to meet up for a picture. We got to see Tommy from Vegas. Our buddy Tommy from Vegas. Yeah. Yep, we got to see him get a photo yep. and and the whole experience, you know, I the, the thing though I mentioned this before we started recording was it gets so packed in those concourse, you know, the main concourse and whatnot because it's a lot more narrow than it is at Climate Pledge. At least that's what it seems. But you're also not trying to fit 45,000 people into Climate Pledge. So oh, yeah, quite a, quite a lot that. more people were at this game than a typical climate pledge game. A lot. More. Yeah, it was, it was almost as if New York or Boston was in town, you know, uh, for a Mariners game. It's it's a lot like that, but it worked out. It, they did a fantastic job. I sometimes I kind of wish that I could have seen the game on TV just to see how the presentation went. You kind of don't really know what's going on. Uh, you know, when you're when you're watching the game, that's all you're really seeing. You don't know what's being captured, what's really being said. So I'm definitely going to have to find it and watch it. But it was great. It was great to see you guys. And Jim was extremely happy to be there. He didn't want to get out of his seat to come say hello, but he did. Thank you, Jim. It meant a lot. So I have a story, but yeah. Thank, thank yeah, you yeah. I'd love to hear it. Go ahead. <laughs> all right. Are you done? <laughs> I'm done. Because that was fantastic, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, anyway, so how much time we got here? <laughs> I know. Well, we'll just roll, baby. Just you know, so, to talk about it's all good. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start it out the night before because it was my anniversary, Allison and I's anniversary. So that we had a big night up in Bellevue uh, at the Hilton uh, Legacy at yeah, Regency or whatever it is, and we had a fine dinner at Daniel's Broiler, and it was with a couple friend of ours uh, who you know. Chris, uh, other seat friends of ours, uh, Jessa and Mike. And we went out, we stayed up late. We went out to Lucky Strike, stayed out late. It's a good thing I'm sober because we got to bed late. Uh, And we got, but we were on an agenda from that moment on in the morning. It was seven o'clock breakfast to the car. I had the reservations for the parking stall about six blocks away at 830. Uh, We got there. Uh, started walking up the street. This was the coolest thing about it is like, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there telling Allison, this isn't the first time I've done this either. I go, you know, isn't it amazing here? They've got this NHL franchise and we're walking down the streets of Seattle in the Pioneer District and there's just jerseys on every block you turn at 8.30 in the morning walking to the south. And I, this is nuts, man. I mean, that's not happening. I'm sorry, that's not happening quite yet at a uh, Seahawks game you know what I'm saying? Or a Mariners game. Not that early. Not that much excitement. And so we start walking, walking. And the first thing we hit is uh, to the north at the parking lot of uh, Lumen Field is where they had the fan village. And that was a plan and a stop. And we got there shortly after doors. The problem was we had to keep walking extremely south past Lumen up the way to the all the way around the corner. Uh, that was, you know, I've been in a lot of long lines in my life, a ton, and this thing takes the cake. Did, right? did you? Did, were you all the way down to the corner 
and up yeah 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 because that's where i picked up i think i was i was probably just a little ahead or behind you guys because uh i yeah i i was like oh my god this keeps going but it did move up but it was all about lines yeah right once you even got in there it was so i couldn't believe it man i was like oh my god we're halfway up the block going heading east you know and i'm sitting there doing the math going because we walked by the size of the facility the area you know chained off or, or fenced off and I thought, okay, it's not that big, but it's okay. And I'm sitting there looking at this line. And said, there's, you know, there's 10,000 people in this line right now. I, and we get in and I couldn't believe it started moving. And it was moving pretty good. I, to the point where I lost Allison, cause she had to split and go use a bathroom or something. And I'm like, oh my God. And then I ran into another RC partner trapper and he was holding line for me and this and that, but the line was moving. Anyway, we finally got in there and it was nothing but lines there everywhere. I was like, oh my God, I'm not going to, you know, I, I, I have lines, and just like it was lines for food, it was lines for drink, it was lines for like hockey challenges, like, yeah, it, it, how many, you know, goals and accuracy and whatever little, little, you know, experiences like that. Right. 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 And the, if you had the app on your phone, which you should have when you went in there, because, you know, everything had a code to scan about prizes and this and that. And the most popular, tent or whatever you want to call it, uh, event, uh, display thing was the Stanley cup. And that line was just massive all day. And I thought, you know what? I don't need this. Uh, I've got pictures with that thing a couple of times, but I wanted her to get a picture with it, but it just wasn't working out. You know, we were wasting too much time. And I've been in these kind of all day events before where you just don't have time before you know the doors are open. That's another thing, by the way, the one bummer was the start time of noon. If it was at two o'clock, things would have been a lot you know, smoother to operate throughout the day, but that's, it is what it is. Um, and we went through things and I hooked up with a trapper and a couple other people. It was amazing how many people I was running into that was either, I still play hockey with, or I know, or 15, 20 years ago, I haven't seen them in that long of a run, you know, and it's like, bang, just shoulder to shoulder. Go, Whoa, what are you doing here? And this and that. And it's just crazy. And the excitement level was crazy. Anyway, we got out of there because I thought, you know what? I can't waste any more time. Doors are actually at 10 at uh, T-Mobile. And I knew you guys, I knew you were down at that pub down across the street on the uh, west side. Uh, for the, And if I look back, I should. Post game, you mean? Didn't you go down there pregame too? No. Okay. No. Well, I should have hung out there because it was, number one, it was closer to the actual game and doors. And that looked like a lot of fun when I went by there. So yeah, earlier, yeah, earlier they had the band, the head and the heart playing and, you know, the, and there was some little hockey challenge type things. They had right. a little, little bit here and there. Uh, it, it wasn't as, as much as fan village, but yeah, it, it was, it was, yeah, good. yeah we, we experienced it more, uh, post game. Right. And terms playing at that. Plus if we were down there earlier anyway, you know, there's so much going on and that is a long walk when you encompass those two stadiums end to end, you know, to try to cover ground and figure out what you're going to do. You got to be fairly efficient about what you want to do. Um, but I kind of wish we hung down there, uh, at the entrance at the South home plate entrance, because it was where a lot of, that's where the bus dropped off the players and the cracking came in there, you know, Grundens and fish entrance. And then, so, and then uh, Vegas comes in with their Elvis kick and that was beautiful. I'm sorry. I missed that, but the videos out there are fantastic. Um, so yeah, I mean that's that takes you right up to game time and pre hoopla, whatever. Getting in and I, first thing I did was check out our sight lines, which were just beautiful. Um, I I did take the time to 
get the protractor out on that and check distance and figured that'd be a good spot. And sure enough, it was. <laughs> um, I love you all your research, Jim. Well done. Well, I mean, I'm such a nerd and I'm retired, so I can do it now. Um, <laughs> but no, it worked out well. And you were in great seats as well, obviously. You were only oh, about yeah. just a couple a peanut seats, lob a couple away from me, kind of. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. were in uh, 234. Yeah. Great, great to see them walking out and, and yes. the whole, you know, the whole thing. The only thing we didn't really get to see, although I can see why they did this, I'm jumping a little on that one of the uh, first intermission with Hart playing. Oh, yeah. They were facing, uh, as were Outfield. the TV guys facing center field. But you mm. got to give a bone to those people because they were furthest away from the game. Yeah. And you know what? Outfield folks were getting a lot of love from TNT because of the way the tent was set up from right. there, too. So there was yeah. a lot of drone activity and everything out. And that's fine. I got no problem with that. We had all that incredible introduction stuff down in low. Like, for instance, well, I walked over there. I wanted to go. I started peeking down. I said, oh, look at the boys are playing soccer down there uh, on first, you know, just past first base. And I went down there and that was really cool because, you know, they were they were just showing off like crazy. Plus, they had the strength trainer coach out there. I can't remember his name, but they were throwing footballs up and down that dock. And that was kind of cool. Um, and then, you know, just go back to your seat and get ready and wait. Right. That's what it came down to. So, yeah, no, it was, it, it was great. There was, there was also just so much, you know, such good vibe. I and mean, we have, you know, good vibes of, you know, all the climate pledge games, but just everybody seemed extra excited you know, we weren't, you know, seeing the same people. So there, I don't know if these people were season ticket holders or this was the only game these folks could get to get to. But a lot of great people were surrounding us. A few Vegas people, but it was, you know, by far it was more Seattle and um, just everybody just so giddy to be there. And, and yeah. presentation. I, like I think both both you guys kind of mentioned it just yeah, in a lot of this is an NHL. It's a league presentation, not not so much Kraken. Although Kraken, I'm sure, have a lot to do with it too. And it just it it felt it felt you know, except for those jam ups and and it, you know, in the concourse, and that largely happens because a lot of us were all showing up at the same time. I thought, oh, I'm getting here, you know, an hour and ten minutes before puck drop. Man, it shouldn't be any problem, and it really was. A lot of other people had the same idea. Uh, but, uh, you know, other than that, it, it felt, it felt to me, they, you know, a pretty flawless event and, uh, made even more flawless by this incredible game. Let's, let's look, let's look a, a little bit. We can talk a little more post post game and other stuff around it, but let's, let's get into this game a bit. Um, you know, Decord first shutout in winter classic history, cracking top the nights three to nothing. Thanks to first off at, uh, 450 of, of the first period, Ellie Tolvanen comes through with his 10th, Dunn and Larson. Uh, so the defenseman uh, with the assists on that one. Uh, Tolby, we talked a lot about in the last episode about, well, should we resign this guy? Sure, we should. Uh, you know, he, he, he made, he made a good reason. He showed good reasons at this game. He had a good one. Then the second period, uh, Will Borgen, he had a, he had a, he had a nice little uh, snipe there, a little slap shot. Um, getting getting his that was his first, huh? Oh my god, yeah. I thought for some reason I was thought it was the second. And goal. no, it was his first. I've been waiting first all goal. year for that. Yeah, I I guess I was thinking, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Ty Cartier and and Ellie Tolvin and on that play too uh, to help out. So Will gets his. Yeah, that's a that's a nice place to get it in the baseball stadium. <laughs> no doubt. If you're gonna have to have one, um, and then uh, and that was it. Two nothing after the second period, and then uh, Yanni Gord. 
Well, he had he, he had just this tenacious. That's why I call him tenacious goals because he had a little breakaway. Like you know, he had the puck was sort of stolen from him. He still steals it back, goes in with a little 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 shot, but then gets the rebound and just sticks with it. And so he gets an unassisted goal, his fifth of the year. Uh, that was a two ten of the of the period. And uh, despite you know the the Knights, you know, out shooting the Kraken thirty five to twenty seven. Um, they, um, you know, and, you know, face-offs were kind of even, all the, all the stuff was even, I mean, it felt like a, an even game. It felt like, gee, you know, the, the Knights, you know, they could, they could come up here and, and make this a lot more interesting, but Joey, 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 man, holy crap, man, 35 stops for a shutout. And, uh, I just, I just so happy for the kid, um, Happy for the team. They were just, they were just so happy. I mean, they're happy with any win, but I think you know you're really extra happy on this. Even Hackstall and the presser. I mean, my God, that was that was like hockey Christmas, man. I was looking at him, trying to figure out which one he was on the bench. I think he was wearing a look like a Letterman jacket or something along those lines. Something kind of like from the show Saved by the Bell is a little weird and awkward, <laughs> and I didn't really care for it. But that's besides the point. Going, going to all the different plays, all the different scenarios and things that they just seemed really smooth, really with it. Again, the court doing fantastic. You know, you say 35 shots, but not one goal. Sorry, Vegas. So that he showed up again. No surprise there. That Borgen goal. I didn't actually realize, and I should have, I didn't realize that was his first so that was really special to see. And it was a rocket from, I mean, halfway from the blue line to the point, it was a long ways out and it was hard and it went. So that was really good. The uh, Gord, the Gord goal was more on, I believe our end and he didn't give up. He did not give up. He did exactly what you're supposed to do when you're somewhat all alone. I mean, it was a breakaway ish kind of play. So but great, concent give, great concentration and he didn't give up on it like you yeah, see some other yeah. players do yeah they don't have to be pretty he didn't get the first attempt that second attempt he just squeaked it right in there and you knew right away as soon as that that rebound came he was he was going to fight for it and he did exactly what he should have so very proud of the guys they put on a really really awesome show that is not how I expected the game to go. I'm not discrediting the Kraken, but let's be real here. Even though Vegas has had a couple ups and downs in recent days, four to two Vegas kind of was just the number that sticks out in my head. Previous seasons, previous months without all of us, we get on our chat and we'll, we'll kind of predict the score. You know, it's not always in Kraken's favor because we're being realistic about it just to see how it goes. But I'm glad that it played out the way it did. Very proud of them. And I cannot wait to see them play Vegas again. Yeah. Good I mean, stuff. I would say I was watching, you know, I, I did I have I've gotten maybe about a third of the way in the in the broadcast and uh, all the TNT guys, all but one uh, predicted Vegas to win. They were all thinking it was going to be a kind of a high scoring game. But the only guy that, that picked the crack and was Biss. Fitting chicklets, bissing that man. He 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 
predicted three to two overtime win for Kraken. So he was right about one of the part of the score. But I think a lot of people thought, you know, Vegas, you know, it, with the exception of, okay, Kraken are kind of coming on, you know, like this is a bigger picture of the, you know, what I call the roller coaster of uh, being a Kraken fan. Okay, eight, eight game losing streak. Saxtall going to have his job, and then all of a sudden, oh, then we're up on the roller coaster with, you know, nine 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 points here. Uh, you know, uh, or it just you know, uh, they're they're <laughs> not for the weak at heart. But I think a lot of people just figured, well, you know, Vegas had played an outdoor game before. There were a lot of the Kraken guys had never been McCann and you know uh, Bjorkstra. A few of the guys had played in them before, but I think the majority of the team. Correct me if I'm wrong, Jim. I don't think had done that before and um you know uh like i said only shutout and winter classic history i won't say it's the only shutout though there were other shutouts of outdoor games of course they have the heritage classic and they throw out some some other uh, other outdoor games so it's not like that never happened in an outdoor game but the only time on january 1st that happened and uh and it feels to me that there's a lot a lot more eyes on the winter classic than any of these these other outdoor occasional games that happen, but, um, it was, um, yeah, yeah. I, it was, it was, that's why I just think that, you know, the guys, you know, they, they, but you know, all the, all the people there, all the fans, I mean, you're hearing the let's go crack and chance and everything. And obviously it's probably a little louder for them in the stadium, but I could see those guys getting distracted, you know, and, yeah. and, and, and it being a distraction and maybe a fun distraction, but, it's tough. I mean, you have all this hoopla. It's like being in the Super Bowl a little bit, and then it's oh my god, I got a game going on here. It's got to screw with your mental, you know, focus to some degree. Absolutely. Um, you know, when you we've talked about, and by the way, great points, Nathan. Um, we've talked about this many times over about being at a game, taking it in versus coming home and watching it again to do some analysis. Um, <clears throat> first, first off got back on the kick of scoring reasonably early and first, right? We scored early in every period, which is uncharacteristic. Um, and, you know, that the whole, and the Borgen goal, by the way, was a total knuckle puck. That thing was like this when he contacted it and it continued to flop, man. I mean, that's why, that's why he got it. Basically, you know, it, it but it was a ripper for sure. Um, and yeah, going on that, the, that third goal by Gord was just hard work, kind of snuck in on the backside, ripped it off, went in. Like you said, it kind of healed off his stick without him trying, and then he got that rebound, which was nice. And right there you felt like, you know, you, you felt like, okay, that's it, nail and coffin, whatever, um, and definitely. And that's something you haven't been able to say about this team much, especially against a team like Vegas, right? Um, and that wasn't a typical game uh, that we would play either. It's, it's almost like a, a Haxel system morphed a little bit. The four check was uh, super tenacious, but it was, it was different. I, I noticed. And even though they outshot us, we were still on that pattern of keeping quality shots, keeping out, pushing to the outside. I was really surprised too, that uh, Alexiak logged 26 minutes in that game, which is more than anybody. It's usually, Larson then done on one, two D. So Haxel had a plan with Oli up front on that. There's no question about it because it's not like the PP or the PK was happening too much. So it doesn't ch change that up. Um, 
Really good game. Super physical on our side of the puck. 27 hits. You could hear the com commentators were talking about it a lot. Uh, and the boards were rattling, rattling nicely. Um, you know, I gotta, I'm gotta. i just going to say this right now. Jessa was right. They had that place mic'd up pretty good. But they did turn the preamp as the game won on. It got louder and louder to where you could actually hear the referee's whistle louder. <laughs> but I was doubting her at first. And she's going, oh, come on, Jim. You know you got hearing damage. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to get that out there and I'm going to tell her I said this. All right. Um, no, just a great, just a, a, almost a different feel of attack uh, than a typical. I felt like they were doing just as much aggressive work, but uh, on the liability defensive side, we're a little more cautious about their F2 and F3 forecheck, a little softer to make sure they didn't get caught. Right. And another key was Joey made two huge saves on Eichel pretty early. And I think that just helped establish Brian Boucher was saying that too, as a goaltender, the color commentator for TNT, which I like, he said, you know, those were key huge saves that probably set him in a good tone. Right. And it did. And I don't care who's playing goaltender for Vegas over the years. They have a pattern of using a ton of goaltenders and winning anyway. So I'm throwing that out, you know, um, just, just solid. I would like to say, uh, as far as that's, I'm done with game notes there. Just a couple of the things that I wanted to, that I know we all saw and we all witnessed, and it was total goosebump fest, is that national anthem was uh, top-level yeah. shit, guys. That, that kid was good. What was he, 14 I've, years old? Yeah, I, yeah the, the Hendrix inspired and well played. Yeah. And I've and I've seen We, we had a little before. love from him. On, uh, well, we gave him a little love on Twitter, and he gave it some, to us back, right? He, he did. And the funny thing is, is like, I saw him last year at a game and I was impressed then. And, you know, he pulls out that SG. He's got the what right amount. Four, of, 14 years old. Yeah. Pulls that SG out, has a nice, perfect amount of fuzz and mixes it up here and there. Yeah. I think it's, it's N I K H I L. I'm not sure how you pronounce that. Nikhil. Nikhil. Baga. Nikhil. Nikhil. Yeah. And Nikhil Baga. And it was just solid in the timing with the, you know, the two Seahawk helicopters and the, from Naval Air Station would be, which, it always warms my heart because I got Woodby Island connections. I just love that stuff. And the big flag and this is perfect timing of everything. Um, it was, and the fireworks and the, the drones and shit. It was just, uh, that's goosebumps, man. I don't care what you say. And, and it was and just a fire. Yes. Oh, yes. It, let's get into that right now. Dude, <laughs> I got smoke. pictures. I, 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 I do too. The wallpaper of uh, Larson. All of them. Yes. With the walking double. through there. It's like the Terminator coming out of the damn uh, dressing so room. Good. Oh, it's great. And um, yeah, walking down that ramp, you know, Vegas comes out just kind of normal to their dock, right? <laughs> and then, yeah, and we're, Chris, you're right. It's an NHL event, but you know, they twist a little bit for Seattle. It's our home, what have you. Seattle comes out, flames and torches right up front and fireworks, and the salmon tossing in between each. Oh my God, that was perfect. You know, with Sir Mix-a-Lot's background mixing up the 206 and 702 or whatever is going on down there. <laughs> that was just solid stuff. I can't get enough of it watching on uh, TV playback and YouTube. So, oh, and then Hart. I look, we all know about Hart. We all know about, you know, the history of it and everything. It goes way back to some of the Bellevue connections I have actually when they started up. Um, that, and we know what their career did after that kind of MTV poppy, whatever. And then we know that the sisters kind of had a, have had some issues and fallouts together, whatever, but to have them back. Plus they played the night before. Correct. Chris, is that yeah, right? Climate pledge. Yeah. yeah. They did New Year's Eve there. Yeah. 
Yeah. So seeing that, I was really curious, like, okay, for, for one thing, Chris, you know, I critique the shit out of audio stuff all the time and TV audio is one I really pick on because they always get it wrong. Right. Super Bowls, what have you always. Absolutely. Right? I can get into it. And so I was there and man, I was impressed. You know, they bumped up the volume in the house there, which was, that's a big place to fill with volume from just a festival like that. When your PA and your speakers are down on the floor, basically on the grass. Um, but it sounded good. And I thought, you know, these, this, this sounds great. She sounds great. Um, it was cool. And I have no idea what it sounded like on the TV production. Cause I can't, there must be some copyright stuff going on. Cause I can't find it, but I'm curious to find it and see how it sounded comparison. So, you know, those two things uh, just got it going. And then between the second and third, they had the, the Washington or the Seattle great athletes, you know, Mariners, uh, Sonics, whoever, all the great. Oh yeah. All the intro. You had, yeah. Seahawks. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And it was the Seahawks. <clears throat> I, I left my seat for a little bit. So I missed the very beginning of that. I don't know if they had any, I can't recall if they had any Seattle storm people, but they had the OL rain. They had a couple of OL rain gals. And um, yeah. And then, it, you know, and obviously Sonics, uh, Seahawks and Mariners. That was, that was a nice touch. It was. And I like it because, you know, obviously that's, local flavor and we're taking it and absorbing it but i've watched the playback too and the national level people in their little pieces did some nice segues on that too so that's that's pretty cool um and then of course the the banter between buoy and bissonette was just off the <laughs> chart yeah i've been catching some of that i've yeah dude whether you we look we've i think we've all if you never if you weren't a fan of the selection of your your you know your whatever of your team, your mascot, you are now, I don't care who you are. If not, you're living a miserable life. Uh, yeah, but I that, think all the haters kind of got over it by now. They totally they they've shut up. And, at least. and then pissing it. I mean, come on, this guy, he's the same kind of guy. Either you love him or hate him. Right. And to be honest with you, I'm kind of surprised he still has a job at times. He pushes the edge for a modern day guy there on the desk. I'll tell you. And that hit that blow and hit on Dubuie. The first thing I thought was, God, he could be concussed. That was so heavy, right? And then he does a <laughs> back lay on him, full, no holding back. I thought, this is crazy. You got the panel up there. You got Gretzky, old man Gretzky over there. Yeah, I, yeah, I didn't see all that. I mean, I've seen him back and forth, and and there was like this little dunk bis and that thing that, oh, that yeah, yeah. they did. I mean, it was a it, it was ongoing through the, through the yes. show. But, you know, Bissonette, I think, has sort of become uh, – I mean, I don't know all of his stats. You could, I, I mean, I remember him playing, but I, I must feel like he's a little bit of hockey's Bob Euchre now because, like, because he, he wasn't like a big star. Was no, he? not at all. He was, he was a, you know, a, a decent player and had had a career, but I think most of his career was in the minors. And, and, uh, but he's this, you know, character. And I got to say, I mean, going on a tangent about him, you're right. Yeah. Love or hate. I, I love him on the spitting, spitting chicklets. Uh, uh, podcast or webcast, yeah. you know, the video they do. Um, but uh, I like that you need it because when they got rid of other guys in the past that have been part of it, that you know, and I understand, you know, the the Don Cherries, Mike Milberries, Jeremy Ronix, we can go on, they're not for everybody or whatever. And you know, people want to make a change, but Bisson, that's a, a little bit of a younger guy, and he's that that little edgy guy. Right. And a lot of us, a lot, I, I'll speak for myself, and I think a lot, I want a guy like that because true. You know, sometimes on some of these, some of these shows, and this is in all the sports, but 
hockey a little bit. It's like how many commentators you need to screw in the hockey light bulb. It's like we got five guys up there and they're all sort of talking, you know, here's this stuff and whatever. And I'm like, you know, sometimes to me, that's too much unless you've got, uh, I thought it's fine though. I think that's Liam Anson Carter is always solid. I think, uh, you know, Gretzky's there, obviously legend. And then you have a little court jester a little bit, or somebody's going to come up with another angle. So I think TNT has a, has a, has a, has a nice, uh, nice setup there. And just the four guys and they all bring a little something different to the party. Some other times though, it's, 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 uh, it's the time for me to go to the refrigerator. and pay. Right. <laughs> well, I agree. I mean, you and I agreed way back. I think Nathan did too, right out of the box when they did the contract with the different, you know, feeds, live streams, what ESPN plus this, that, and everything else. We all agree. TNT's got is the winner, you know, hands down. You take a four person yep. uh, panel of TNT versus ESPN plus, and it's the smoke show, man. Oh, well, then so, I don't have to have the ding mm-hmm. spinning wheel on my thing. It's trying to, you know, the stream yeah. to get it. You know, there's, there's technical reasons too, but well, you've got some post NBC guys there. No, you're yeah. Terrible. Yeah, there's some contract work going on there. I get it, but it's just, it's a good production, man. And uh, I just, it was just too funny. I just, Bissonette is, is a funny character because as soon as he unplugs from the na- from the national broadcast or whatever he's doing for, you know, TNT, he, when he gets on that, that Twitter or whatever, he's a whole different guy. And I always think, oh, yeah. man, how's he keeping his job at times, you know, in this, <laughs> but whatever, like you said, you got to have that character. You can't be too stale. You got to keep it alive. You got to keep it a little bit controversial. But man, what? Oh, Costanica uh, commented. Yeah, I was going to say that before I, we get off. Okay. Of NT, I do want to say also Kenny Albert. I think uh, he wasn't doing that game, but uh, I think he's one of the best. He's a great football guy, but I think he's one of the best. Yeah. They're they're play by play guys. Right. Usually, if I make correctly, if, if Forslund fills, then it's usually a TNT game, right? Oh, uh, he'll do. I think he fills in on almost every one of them. Did you, oh, and speaking of Forzen, he was doing the national radio broadcast with, uh, oh, uh, Olchek. Young, yeah, yeah, yeah. young, yeah. So they had oh, that was double Olchek. dip. Oh, you yeah, Nick Olchek Nick with and him. Piper Shaw was part of that production. So that's yeah, kind of cool. I saw photos on that. I wondered, yeah. That's super cool. Nice. Yeah. yeah. So what was the point you are going to make? Oh, about Costanica? Yeah, I saw that tweet. I, I retweeted, but yeah, talk about it. Wasn't that kind of unbelievable? So I he said, you, you know, he's a oh, national writer. First off, writer. Tell, tell our listeners who he is. He's a national writer. Uh, I'm not sure who. Is ESPN, right? Correct still? Um, I think so. Yeah, he's he's been around. Anyway, he's top-level stuff. Uh, and he, he is. No, actually, NHL.com. I mean, pardon me, NHL.com. Uh-huh. But he's been around. And he does just superb coverage and he has been all over Seattle from day one. He's made several trips out here, you know, early camps, everything, everything covering every little documenting everything on a national level and done a superior job. And he, I saw a tweet where he said, you know, I've done 25 outdoor games. I think he's 24. Yeah, I'll, I'll read it. I've got it right yeah, in go front ahead. of you here. It's, it's, Nick, uh, this was uh, actually earlier today, 11 hours ago. It's uh it's raining as I pass T-Mobile Park on the way to the airport. Thankful we had perfect weather for the Winter Classic yesterday. That's something we didn't talk about. I'll talk in a second. I want to talk about that in the ice. But uh, perfect weather for the Winter Classic yesterday to have the retractable roof open, dry, in the 40s. I've done 24 NHL outdoor games. That was one of the best. Amen, Nick. 
Yeah, that was heavy. See, for him, hearing that from him, that's that's talk about yes. pretty credibility. You want to hear it from a guy like Nick. Right. It was just, when I read that, I thought, wow, he's kind of right because we were sitting there and it, the production came out perfect. I was trying to, I was trying to nitpick it like, okay, what didn't go right? Other than just like us, us fans talking about long lines or whatever, but that that's not something that's going to get covered. But I did say the only thing I could find wrong, and it was actually funny, is when Rick Riz was counting down the three, two, one to puck oh, drop, yeah. and it was off a little bit, and everybody kind of laughed, and we were all like, "Uh, what?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that's it though. That is it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, what did, what did you think? Because just about the the uh, sorry, I'll Nathan, I'll get to you in a sec. But just about the, I I love that he said per, we hadn't really talked about that. I I felt it was perfect hockey weather. It wasn't because you know I've been to a much colder winter classic before. That it was comfortable for the fans. It was like you're going to a nice football game, but it was you know cold enough for the ice. It just, it felt like a hockey game. So we were really fortunate on you know Mother Nature. And then Jim, what did you think of the ice? I you know we always look at the. Uh, Slow, slushy report. How much? Oh yeah. Do you want to? We should just start up a website. It seems less than Climate Pledge, from my viewpoint. Oh yes, of course. Okay, so the report from some of the players when they came off the ice during the practice the day before, and then some of the pre stuff was, I think Bjorkstrand was quoted as saying, uh, "Feels slow and sticky." But he's the only person that really said that. And then that kind of, I think there might've been one other person, but you know, these guys, the problem is, is when you build outdoor ice and you're doing this, everybody's going to be critical from the outside, expecting it to not be perfect. So they're going to just pick on any little thing. And if somebody says that they're just going to blossom it up. Right. And then I think somebody else said something, but that's it from everybody else. Right. Um, the, the conditions to me seem perfect. 42 ish. A uh, little bit of sunlight, cloud cover here and there. Uh, I'm sure the, the the barometric pressure was dropping here and there, changing with everything and toying with things that we don't understand with ice. But uh, I would say as an outdoor game goes, it was as good as you've probably seen it, you know, out of 25 or however many they've done. Uh, how many, what, Winter Classic versus uh, Stadium Series versus this is a 20. Six something total. I can't remember. Something around there. Actually. Yeah. So, I mean, we've seen horrible conditions. I think. We've seen horrible conditions from flashing too cold, sunlight sitting too long on top of different types of materials of decals that are under doing underneath ice doing, um, you know, advertisement. We've seen all kinds of weird stuff. You just don't want rain. And I've seen rain ones on TV. Uh, this one, I would say, was just fine. Totally whatever. They said the ice was breaking down as the game progressed. Uh, I don't think you could fault anything about it. I, I was, there was one scene though. I looked, it was after the third goal. I was looking at who, uh, who was, who was the tender for Vegas again? Was it Logan uh, Thompson? Thompson. I want to say Hill, but Thompson, I noticed he didn't scratch his crease hardly at all. And I thought, is that a Thompson thing? Or is it because maybe if he did, he would, he would flash it some, I don't know. Either way, I don't want to say like, oh yeah, that game was caused because they both play on it. We know that it wasn't bad. Guys weren't not guys weren't losing edges left and right. You know, you can pick apart. Listen, the bottom line is, is I compare everything to climate pledge. And I joke around and I said, I think I tweeted at least twice. Uh, I said, well, I bet you this is going to be, bet you it's going to be better than climate pledge ice. And then I think yesterday I said confirmed, <laughs> you know, but I just, I compare it against 
the building they play in every night. And that's not the greatest ice. And I don't care what anybody says. I'll talk to them in private about it if they want. Um, that's just my vibe on that ice. So there you go. Nathan, thoughts? I interrupted you earlier. Go for it. That's okay. I, I was just going to say that I had spoken with several Vegas fans just kind of walking through. And I'd say, hey, is this your first time in Seattle? Do you, do you like it here? And they say that it's it's great. They were chilly. You know, most of them were from Vegas. A couple of them live here, so they're used to the weather and things like that. But that they're Vegas fans and have been, and they decided not to convert when Seattle was awarded their team, and that's perfectly fine. But everybody had good things to say about it. When we when we met up with Tommy, he said, "I've been to many places to watch hockey games, and aside from T-Mobile Arena." I love the venues that you guys have in Seattle. I love the people, the food. He loves everything about it. The one thing that he does not like is he does get pretty cold pretty easily. And even at 42, 45 degrees, he felt like he was sitting on the moon. But aside from that, he had a blast. And that that's a testament to the Puget Sound and to the people that that run this stuff. And the fans, we aren't like some other cities where if you're wearing jersey from another team, we just completely, you know, berate you. Everybody felt welcomed. They loved it. And it was it was good atmosphere all around for both teams. I, I might add that's a good point. Um I and I'm so I'm mad I'm upset that I didn't get to hook up with you guys and Tommy. Um I've never met Tommy and I'm sorry about that. Tommy, if you're listening uh, some other time, whether it's down there or here, I want to meet you. And if the guys have to yard me out of my seat because I'm not answering my text, which happened yesterday. <laughs> we'll, we'll be more forceful. <laughs> yeah. These guys were razzing me hard when I, I told them, I said, look, I don't want to move anymore. It's been a hassle, man. Oh, it's so hard <laughs> to move. Yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> nothing but no. love for you, Jim. Nothing but love. You we should gotta tease you. Yeah. No, I, I'm fine with it, man. It's, let's just, let's build on that a little bit. So, yeah. um, I, there was so much going on. I, I said, I'm not going to check my phone. I could do this all day and not watch the game. Right. And I finally checked it. Like, I don't know. Well, what was up between the second, and the third, they wanted to do a meetup for a, a photo op for our show. And, and I'm like, okay. Well, I look and I go, Oh God, I got to go do this. And I, and yeah, I go, thanks. Yeah. We were, yeah. we were looking forward to it too, Jim. Sure. <laughs> no, you got to hear me out here anyway. And I'm, I'm going, Oh shit. I think I said, guys, it's just a hassle right now to get. And you came back with, it's a whole 40 feet from your section. Get your ass over here and quit whining or something. Yeah, it's like, so quit I, whining, cock. Well, so I, and I said to Allison, I said, I got to go. I'll be back soon. And it was all, it was, at that point, it was already late in the break, too. And so I go up and I go to 41, which is literally probably about 45 feet from my seat. <laughs> and I'm going, okay, I'm standing here. Where the hell are they? And I look at my phone again and it said outside. And I thought outside, does he mean on the glass side facing, you know, the seating oh, outside? Or, so I opened the door and I went down and kind of looked around and go, well, shit, I don't see him here either. So then I go back. And by the way, I'm not very familiar with the Mariners, uh, with the venue anyway, because I don't go there often for baseball. Anyway, so I'm standing in the middle. There's chaos everywhere. And I go, oh, there's an outside window. And I kind of look and I saw your head from a distance. I go, oh, my God, they're out there. So I headed out there, opened the doors and the gal says, you're going to have to show your ticket when you get in. And I go, yeah, whatever. We'll figure it out. And I go out there and you guys are standing there and your buddies there, Nathan, ready to like take the photo and get going here. And I went through this whole apology session to Nathan because I felt so shitty about how I was responding and everything. And 
Uh, yeah, but then anyway. you were also like, hurry up and take the photo. Oh, I think we all were, weren't we, though? Actually, tell me we were. Come on, man. <laughs> I don't know. I wanted to get back to my seat. I know. <laughs> a long ways away. So the whole, the whole crux of it, the reason why we had to do it that way, because you, you I know. Jim, and I were in the Terrace Club yep. 100 level. Yep. Nathan was up right above us almost, like the 300 level, 333 you were in, right? Yeah. So you were, you yeah. were above me. You were closer to me. But we were, but he couldn't get through. Yep. They, were, yep. they were running it like the Terrace Club. And uh, so that's why I was like, okay, we got to meet Nathan and Jason out there. So, yep. so hence a miscue, I guess. Yep. So there's my public apology, especially to Nathan. And, you know, I was just being a dick, but whatever. We're all friends. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but uh, getting on the Vegas talk some more. Um, yes. So during the regular season, I, I do not get Vegas tickets because I've had problems with fans around our seat. And I just like, I don't need that here. Um they were great at that. And of course they're going to be great. This is a different spectacle. This is a whole day event. You're here to just drop a lot of money, a lot of coin for this experience, different attitude. I had a lot of Vegas people in close to us. We had four people right in front of us to the right and they were all fancied out. The women had all that bedazzled crap on their numbers and everything. I mean, they were hardcore Vegas gold, you know, fans. And we had some nice conversations. I took pictures of them right against the rail with a beautiful backdrop um, they took pictures of Al's, you know, so there was that going on, but boy, <laughs> I got a picture somewhere between the second and Al was in the second and they weren't in their seats much. They were already feeling it, you know, like, oh man, we're losing. This doesn't feel good. And they were gone early. And then behind me to the left, just a little bit was five, um, Vegas wives in their full get up, long cream colored, uh, down coats and families and everything. So. You know, it was, they were all over the place and they were totally fine and great people, you know? So yeah, yeah the same in my section, we had some guy, a Kraken fan. I don't know. I guess it was maybe around the early part of the, it was a little earlier than he should have. I think I, unless, unless the, you know, me, if the Kraken are up three, I'm feeling great, but uh, you yeah. know, two, I'm still, you know, there's a lot of hockey left. I'm still there yeah. for what we've gone through. Um, but he's like yelling, go home, Vegas. all right, Vegas, go home. You know, that was about as nasty as I ever saw. Other than that, everything was like, everybody was like kind of in a good mood and yeah. you know, nobody's given anybody any sort of razzing or anything like that. So I, not, not that I noticed, not, not like I'd see with, you know, some Canucks fans when the Canucks are good. And that's a whole other story <laughs> when they're not so good. We don't hear from them, but, yeah. uh, you know, uh, but, uh, yeah, no, it was just, you know, I think because everybody's just such in good mood. You just, you're at this fun spectacle, you know, that's in the, the center, you know, that's that's surrounding a game. And I think that, that helped. And it also probably helped. It's not a playoff game. It's not a, you know, some big grudge match necessarily. You know, it's just this great, uh, great nod to hockey in a way the culture and history of hockey, you know, started yep. outdoors, you know, and, and every player can talk about all the pond hockey, you know, all the Canadian kids, you know, that they used you know, playing, playing out in frozen ponds in the winter time. So it's a, it's a wonderful way to kind of harken back to that. But uh, yeah, no, we, it was, it was, it was nice. Yeah. To Tommy, we got to meet just to clear. Yeah. Uh, Tommy, who we've talked about before he runs the uh, rest. What, what's the name of the lounge again, Nathan? The uh, Hyde Lounge in T-Mobile yeah. Arena. At T-Mobile Arena in Vegas, yeah, great guy, um, and he's helped us out with. Uh, well, he was he was on our program before a couple times, and then he's helped us out with some uh, ticket giveaways there for for Kraken fans going to Vegas. And uh, 
great friend of the podcast. And he, uh, yeah, we got to meet him over at the Hatback Bar and Grill, the former Pyramid Brewery spot, uh, which I used to go to a lot in Pyramid. I hadn't, it was only maybe the second or third time I've been to it since it's been Hatback. They have quite a, quite a facility there in this big, huge area, you know, indoor areas. Uh, but then in, way over in the back uh, or in the side, you know, kind of facing the, you know the the high you know the entrance into the tunnel uh that had this huge stage yeah the head and the heart were playing pre-game and fits in the tantrums uh we're doing the party kind of ended up being a nice cracking fan celebration uh after so a very appropriate band there with uh, a little hockey spectacle things and you know games and beer gardens and uh some good music and good vibes so and and many vegas fans were enjoying it too but although it was mostly seattle fans at that point i think i think i did notice around maybe around the three minute mark a lot of vegas fans walking out at that point but um yeah jim how often is i don't know it maybe just sort of luck of the draw but i mean how often do teams get to do this like you I mean, feel like Pittsburgh, and there have been a few teams that have done it more than once. Okay, it's a good question. Without looking at data, I, I'm going to tell you. Obviously, Boston, you know, and Chicago. Been in what three or four? Four, four for okay. sure. Four for sure on Boston. I'm not going to start backtracking which ones. Chicago. Let's put it this way: a lot of people on social media over the years are one of the big bitches is. Oh, sure. Give it to them again. When are we going to, you know, that type of yeah, a lot stuff. of original six teams. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's understandable. We get it. And, you know, look, the league does a study to figure out where they can make money on this through advertisement. Right. So they're going to go to guaranteed markets and that's original six. And then next big draws, you know, Phillies, they finally got into the Minnesota market or, and they finally got into the St. Louis, you know, that type of stuff. Classic, let's go back to North Division battle type stuff. Uh, you know, so they're going to do that. This is the first one on the West Coast in, in the Pacific time zone ever. Um, and they've only done two with Canadian team matchups. You know, the, one in the big house uh, with Toronto and Detroit. Where was the furthest south, though? Didn't they do try to do one? Well, they did the Dallas or uh, at the Cotton Bowl. At the Cotton Bowl with Dallas and, and then they did, you know, the Nashville thing, right? Yeah. So, um. That's as far as south as they've gone, I believe. And this is the first Pacific time zone, you know, and I, I see, still see a lot of people whining about, they were all the people that were saying, you know, oh, Seattle doesn't deserve this. They're also the people that don't do any history look like what our hockey history is, which is way richer than most. Just because we haven't had an NHL team, you can't use that. You know, it's hundreds of years of hockey eight different pro leagues or three, six different pro leagues, you know, six different major junior teams. Yeah. No division one hockey, no division two, whatever there's club hockey, but I guarantee you division one will come sooner than later, you know, cause of the Arizona situation. Uh, um, it's so they're going to get more and more, but you're, you know, people like in Columbus and this and that, they're always going to squawk and cry. Hey, we don't get none, you know, that type of stuff. But, it's just the way it is. The league looks at it. They study. They they know where the money is, guaranteed money, and who's going to step up on sponsorship. So they're not going to make a stupid decision, right? But a lot of people still wanted the whole, it should be Vancouver. I wanted it to be Vancouver. But when I break down the, you know, economics of it, that wouldn't have been probably as well, you know, even though you get a lot of people traveling. The advertisement wouldn't step up to the bite like they do here with the Discovery and all that other. You saw the sponsorship on the ice and at the, uh, fanfare those are all big 
droppers right there. And I don't, I didn't really look at or do any research. Maybe I can find it while I'm on here. The, the what the ratings of it were, but I just kind of got general anecdotal it, it right. vibe that it was a well watched one. Uh, I I would imagine, you know, the people that were squawking, which is a very small percentage of you know the whole like eh, they don't deserve it. It's a lower number than you think. Um, obviously, regionally, the entire you know, band on the West coast and come up to the uh, Pacific Northwest and up into BC and what have you, I'm sure did great. Um, I, I would go out on a limb and guess that it's maybe a very slim, skinny, ready to break limb and say, it might be one of the highest watched winter classics to date, just because it's different because yeah, it's it's different time zone. It's the two newest teams in the NHL. And you know, there was a lot of talk about, well, yeah, it was originally supposed to be just a an original six thing. I don't know who came up with that and where they got that from their sources, but if that's true, it's not true now. There's a lot of good stuff. You know, you well, mentioned plus, plus you have, plus, yeah, and plus you have the Stanley Cup champ here. Exactly. I mean, it's appropriate. You know, you mentioned Columbus and a few other teams like that. Do something or be somewhere that makes yourself stand out, and then they will talk. But until then, just that's not for you. Sorry. Yeah, well, we had a great time with it. It's funny yeah. though, I Jim. I, I will say that, uh, and this is just a rumor, but I just I'm looking at this one article in the SportsBusinessJournal.com. I said they might not have even announced the ratings yet. I don't know. I'm not. I don't think they have. I think that takes a little while. Um, the, I mean, the last one with the Bruins one was a very high one, uh, one of the highest ones. But, you know, I think this one's going to be more than a lot of people think. But it was, it was interesting. At the end of the uh, article, it says, next up, Ohio. Ohio State is trying to uh, right. get, you know, for, for you know, uh, Ohio State, NHL, and the Blue Jackets are you know, pushing hard for one and there is interest, but you know, obviously no confirmations or anything, but there, there, there's some, there's some movement there. And then what the heck it, it is cold there. I mean, you're Cleveland. So, I mean, it's, uh, it's not, it shouldn't be a weather issue, but it gets down to TV money. Yeah. Seattle, uh, you know, and obviously Vegas and, you know, well, Vegas well, is a huge market, but, but Seattle certainly is, but just, there are just so many reasons and thing right. reasons just mentioned Nathan adds it up. It, it, it made sense to do it, but yeah, in a few years, I would love to, yeah, Vancouver yeah. and Seattle or, or one of the teams you don't get to see much or maybe mix it up too. It seems that I, again, I don't have it in front of me either, but as you know, you'll have, you know, expansion era teams like, you know, Pittsburgh, Philly, St. Louis, uh, you know, some of the Dallas, you might see some of those teams playing each other. Original six ones, you know, obviously we saw Montreal and Boston and teams like, you know, teams like that, the Rangers and all, and, uh, and then they had the expansion one. So there's that little theme, but I personally would love to see, let's see, I don't know, Seattle and Philly, you know, whatever. I, I'd be all over that. Yeah. So, you know, there's a couple of factors too. It's, the expansion teams, 31 and 32. That's that's how the league was looking at it. Stanley Cup, you know, team expansion 31, 32. And once you mention 31, 32, that kind of pisses off a lot of the people that have been in the league a lot of time, you know, the Carolina, you know, hurricanes and everything. And this people tend to be that way. So yeah, I mean, it I see why they did it. And and, and you'll never satisfy everybody, but 
I'll be curious to see what those come out to, too. And maybe that has a lot to do with why they start at noon, you know, to keep that East Coast audience still alive instead of, like, tuning out, right? Um, I'd still be up on the East Coast watching if they got a 2 o'clock, you know, Pacific start. It wouldn't bother me. Um, I don't know. So we'll see. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see. I absolutely love to see him back in in uh, four or five years or whatever it'll take. It was it was epic, folks. So if you have if you weren't there, and you ever get a chance to in the future, go. I know the price was expensive. It was probably overly expensive. I was worth thinking, it. Okay, they were gonna be they were gonna maybe be a little more reasonable, or whatever. Being you know so much, such a huge uh, capacity venue, but. It was more, but it was worth it. Yeah, I, I no, no complaints once right. we through it all. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, this is like a time where we would always usually have messages from the deep, but we push that off just because it was so much winter classic talk we want to go over. We'll get back to that next episode. Remember to send us questions or topics you'd like us to cover either via our Twitter page, whether you put put a little post or send us a direct message on Twitter. You're welcome to do that. We're at Cast Kraken uh, is our handle. Uh, or you can email us. Uh, that's just as good. Info at SeattleKrakenFanCast.com. And if we pick your question, which we have a number of times, uh, we'll send the Kraken FanCast t-shirt free to the person who uh, we thought had the best question posed to us that, that week. So um, so uh, please, uh, please join us on that. Uh, also, hey, we still got some t-shirts for sale. We've got our Kraken FanCast shirts. We've got a decent amount, although that's running low a little bit soon, but we'll have to get some more. But um, we got a few more of those, and we're very, I don't know, I think well, I'm down to the last three Dunn and Larson ones. We'll have to try to get those remade. Uh, we only have extra large left on that. Um, and speaking of shirts, I, I mean, uh, Jim, uh, tell us a little bit. We've got, we've also, you know, we were so creative here on the Dunn and Larson, you know, maritime law group. And we thought, well, we can keep having fun with that. And, and our own little styled shirts that, you know, don't have anything copywritten, you know, copyright police don't get on our butts here. It's, there's no Seattle Kraken logos or anything on it, but if you're a big fan, you'll understand what, what these shirts mean. And we have a new one we designed the Joey, Joey, Joey t-shirt. What's the status with that? Where, where we is that out there now? Okay, so uh, we did that. I did that on a whim, uh, just because the whole Joey Joey Joyce team was picking up, you know, in the month of December when he was kicking ass, right? And he still is. So I said, I'm going to do this. I fart around with this kind of stuff here and there, and I did it. But this time, uh, instead of going through what we did last time with our store where we had to, you know, purchase and then they show up to a house and we do the distribution and everything, which turned out to be a hassle. Chris became the UPS distributor. It's yes, too much work. Happened. And, you know, he, he yes, it is. I had and to he's send that, two packages today. By the way, Chris is like the most extremely busy guy I know. And I always razz him about it. But <laughs> <laughs> um, so I just decided to do it through um, Spring. They changed their name. Uh, it was teespring spring whatever i know a lot of you are aware of it. it's where you design your own shirts and put them up you can put as many as you want at least it offers a variety of selections of styles and sizes which we were getting a little bit of soft complaints about i wish they offered more sizes on the dunn and larson stuff and and our normal sh regular shirt so there you can go and get about i believe six sizes and we have a women's cut and all that stuff a couple different tees i think you can do a hoodie whatever um i think we put a, a decal sticker up there too 
but it's a Joey, Joey, Joey thing with a little mask and his number on the mask, 35, um, three color thing. And that's what people are yelling and chanting. And I thought it'd be kind of cool. And we're getting a lot of good action on it. But some, you know, it's, we're not, it's not tied to our, our, our purchase page on the website. We're trying to do that. So it will be linked. This uh, website for the t-shirt will be linked to this show, according to our producer, Jay. So hopefully he'll get it up there and uh, we put it up. Uh, that's why we're saying this. Uh, just go to the our page if you do, or our social medias, and click the link and purchase that if you want. Uh, you know, so there you go. I got one coming to my house that should be here soon. I want to see it. I want to put it on. I want to show up. I want to press my chest up against the glass and climate pledge and be stupid about it, just like Chris was with the Dunn and Larson one night. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just fun. We're enough. We're we're having fun right now, right? Nine games in a row of points, five straight W's. Uh, coming home, what do we got? Ottawa here on Thursday. Ottawa is that right? coming up, yeah. So right before, yeah. So we're a few days away. So we're on a little. They, well, now they're getting a little bit of break because they played more games than almost every team in the NHL. I gotta. I hate you know, that. Hopefully, it starts to even up a little bit, so we really know how well this team is in the standings. I mean, they're they they're very close to Nashville and and Arizona for those those two wild card spots but uh you know Arizona for instance has a lot of games in hand but anyway so hopefully that'll even out so yeah i mean after this winter classic they only have uh, one game this week a home game against Ottawa then a little bit of a break after that and then um and then they uh hit the road uh so um we're going to be on a little bit of a break just because of how how their their games their schedules because we try to do about you know where we can do a three game review we're doing this more often than we did in the past it used to be pretty much every two weeks and now we're trying to do it every you know seven to ten days but uh, due to where the Kraken's schedule goes and some travel that I've got i.e. you know what Jim says I'm crazy busy and things and work life takes me to uh, other places other than Seattle. We're going to be a, a little little bit later coming back on this, uh, probably back on the uh, week of the 14th um, uh, for our next episode. So we'll have about, I think, four games to talk about on that one and and then kind of get back in our in our regular grind there. So there'll be a lot to, to talk about and uh, hopefully uh, more good news for the team. They keep rolling, keep rolling here. They're, they're playing uh, certainly the best hockey uh, of the season so far. And um, I think we we have some hope here. I mean, we're looking, feeling a little hopeless, right? You know, but they're in the driver, some driver's seat a bit, huh? Yeah. Um, please win at home still, because we've been doing that lately, and that's something that we struggled with the last couple of years. So, yeah. And I don't think we've ever. We usually don't play well against Ottawa at home, so it'd be nice to get that. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Ottawa's been a, a team in a little disarray, coaching change. Probably fair to say that they're, they're doing worse than expected at this point. Would, would you right. Yeah. I mean, yes, but I don't think they've been great though, ever since we've been around, it seems like. And uh, oh, God. Yeah. It's been, you know, uh, yeah. Alfredson I mean, days since they were last. Yeah. Great, but, but uh, you know. I would just like us to see, to, I know we're getting a little greedy here, but I'd like to take this because we go on the road for six after yeah, that. a long road trip. Buffalo, uh, the Capitals, Columbus, speaking of, uh, Pittsburgh, an early one of Pittsburgh. We may do our next episode maybe right after that game or or the day before. 
then back to back Pittsburgh and then the Rangers. So I'm yeah. grueling trip. Then they've got a day off. They got to haul their butts all the way to Edmonton. Yeah. And uh and then they've got a little breathing room before uh homestand, uh Toronto, uh Chicago and St. Louis, and then Columbus come come back, and then they finish out uh the month um with a an away game against San Jose. So uh some winnable games in there, some tough ones, but uh yeah, but as we've seen, they've they they they've they handled themselves pretty well on the road. It's home. No, I know. I agree. But, you know, last year we were known as the road team, right? And, you know, look where we're at right now. I think we're not really a road team. And well, it, felt actually, like, it, it felt like it was starting that way this year, but it's, I think it's evened out. Right? It's but it, but it almost feels like we're a little better home team than we have in the past. So, yeah, you know, looking at teams on paper, I'm almost done doing that prediction in my head, that automatic, like, Oh, we should take that. Oh, I don't know about that one. I'm almost done because this whole league is so weird. You know, I mean, Winter Classic, three nothing against Vegas. I don't. Yeah, it's just yeah. crazy. I'm a, I'm officially done guessing what the score might be because that 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 one there took the cake. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't a typical game of ours, man. Not and, at all. Yeah, and you know I don't want to. There's been plenty of losers at home on Winter Classic, so there is no home. You know, so whatever. It's just I'd like to see. Uh, us beat Ottawa and hopefully I don't have that guy that was sitting on the aisle in front of me last year with that stupid f***ing senator's hat on. What did he do? Was that the guy who puked? Sorry, people. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, no. So there was this guy sitting on the aisle in front of us, which is real close to us, like, hey, buddy. And he's, he, I got to give it to him. This guy can read the game in his head, right? He's a Ottawa freak. And I and, and just and just before you go in there, I'm gonna guess because I haven't seen the senators in Seattle. And so I, I haven't the I, I take it there aren't a lot of Ottawa fans making it to a Seattle game. Correct. Right. So I've always said this to you, Chris, too. Like even teams that you know aren't much of a draw, it, it seems like throughout the league, you're always surprised to like I sit there and I always look at them like, okay, what's the story with this fan? Is this is this like person from Ottawa or are they just lifelong? Do we go back to the Alfredson days and just fell in love with the team then type of thing? Um, what, what where's the connection I'm thinking, right? Ottawa. Anyway, this guy, for some reason, as soon as Ottawa would come in the zone, you know, in our zone, which is, you know, home twice, he would, he'd get his camera ready and he'd, he'd it's like he could sense the goal coming and he'd fire off that video and before you know it, he captured that shit. And as soon as I was done, he grabbed into his bag and he pulls this foamy hat that looks like the damn logo on the jersey with the, you know, Trojan shit. And I'm like, you, yes. And where does everybody in the section is like, look at this clown, right? It's unbelievable. He's all by himself, yeah? Totally. On the aisle by himself. You know, I'm, I'm, the not, I'm, I'm making fun of this guy. fan of Seattle. Yeah, yeah, I'm making fun of this. I'm not, cu I'm cutting on him, yes, but I mean, <laughs> it's all for, <laughs> all for this, man. It's crazy. Anyway, whatever. That's, that's a tangent we don't need to go into. Oh, I love it. That we did. All good. Well, they've been, they've been fighting tooth and nail to get from where they were two, three weeks ago to now. Yeah. You say you don't want to get greedy. I don't really find it greedy to just have a little bit more of a comfortable situation, you know, where you don't have to 
constantly worry about who's chasing your tail. But we're getting to that point now where, yeah, it would be nice to win another maybe three or three or four out of the next five. But I don't find that greedy. I, I see us trying to get just to a more comfortable place where we don't have to look back and wonder, you know, what's going to happen next game. Because, like I said, I was surprised yesterday. I'll, I'll, I'll admit it. I was surprised. And they really, really showed up. And the presentation that this team has put out now has solidified who is going to be on the name bar on my next jersey because I still haven't bought the white visitor jersey yet. So now I know who it's going to be, and I'm excited for it. You gonna is that a secret? Or are you gonna tell us? No, we we're gonna have to guess, aren't we? Go ahead, guess the cord. Yeah. Oh my gosh, you guys are so smart. Yes. Well, no, that, the, it's definitely gonna oh be. Oh boy, that was tough. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I just heard they said that you cannot order those shoes anymore because they don't have enough material of Joey letters. <laughs> That's BS. <laughs> I'll, I'll have somebody make me one. <laughs> you know, be original. Just put Joey, Joey, Joey on the back. That's pretty oh, good, too. There you go. There you go. That's pretty good. <laughs> standing on my head. Ooh, nope. Too I, many letters. I found that out. I oh, can't okay. remember which. There's another tweet I saw. I don't have it in front of me. And it was... Uh, some young lady who came all the way up from the Palm Springs area. She's a Coachella fan. Oh, yeah, yeah. And she was taking photos. Here I am at the, you know, the Winter Classic and all that. But she said, she mentioned, though, she's like, hearing all the Joey Joey chants, I you know, thought it was back it was back at a Firebirds game or something. There was words to that effect and everything. I love that. So seeing seeing some people people uh, from uh, the Coachella area come up. But they're, you know, they're big Joey fans down there, too. And they, they so... Uh, it, the Joey, Joey, Joey chants have, have reached uh, a fever pitch even here in Seattle. So it, it, it's great to see. So anyway, good. Uh, good on you to get the Decord thing. I just got I got the same thing, actually. I mean, not with Decord, but because uh, I had a dark jersey and that's usually what I'd wear. But I've got a I got a white one, a McCann and a stitched one from that uh, from that company you told me about, Jim, uh, came in. Uh, cool yeah. Hockey, right? It yeah. finally came in, eh? Yeah, it came in, it came in really nice. Yeah, I'm psyched. So, yeah, those boys do beautiful work compared to anybody else, actually. Yeah, not the iron-on stuff. It's going to stay on there. Even their stitches better. Yep. Yeah, good stuff. So anyway, good stuff, man. By the way, we were rolling. This is a long yeah. one, but it was well-warranted. A well-long one for two games. Usually our two game stints are like, all right, we're in for a half hour and we're out of here. But a lot to talk about. And this is yeah. We, we're gonna have like you know we'll get back on uh, a little over 10 days from now so anyway thanks uh everyone for as always for tuning in uh folks please keep in mind if you haven't uh, already join us on facebook on twitter and on instagram remember our podcast is available on apple spotify and podbean or you can just go over to our website seattlecrackandfancast.com and um and thank you so much uh, for all your support. So for Jim Cockrell, Nathan Gunderson, and our producer, Jay Middleton, I'm Chris Porter. Thank you very much for tuning in as always. And as always, we say, Go, go, go Kraken! Go Kraken.